How are Shakespeare's plays represented in modern-day performances? Jerry Broughton, on one of the famous theatre companies in the world, the Royal Shakespeare Company. I mean, it's very interesting to think about the way in which, obviously, as an institution, the RSC has been so important. It's made huge developments, really, in our perception of Shakespeare. But I think it's worth bearing in mind, of course, that there are dissenting voices, there are critical traditions which have a different take on the effectiveness of the RSC. Terence Hawkes. They tend to present Shakespeare um, from high to low, as if they're presenting us with wonderful gifts. Uh, we, we, the people, should be grateful for these gifts, although we are the taxpayers who uh, support the, the company, nevertheless. And what, what is the gift? The gift is an insight into the mind of Macbeth. We, we, we understand uh, that ambition is a bad thing. Well, do we really need to... To, to, to sit for three hours through an appalling performance of Macbeth to learn that. I don't, and I don't suspect anybody else does either. Penny Gay. The text is there for actors to pick up and work with, and every performance is, or should be, a new interpretation, however slightly nuanced or changed. The very worst thing is uh, an attempt to repeat uh, an old production. Russ MacDonald. If you're doing a production of A Midsummer Night's Dream uh, three years after Peter Brook's famous 1970 production of A Midsummer Night's Dream, you're going to have to do it, uh, I mean, however you do it, is going to be a response to that, play, to, to that production. As possible, Ron Daniels' production in 1981 was a huge Victorian uh, uh, extravaganza with flaps and uh, an elaborate apparatus that was exactly the opposite from what Brook had used. In 1970, and now with Adrian Noble's production of 1995, I mean, it was 1994 actually, it was the first done. Uh, he's gone back to, to Brooke, but, but whereas Brooke was all in white, he's gone back to Brooke in color. Anya Lumba. Sometimes productions get so carried away by magic in Shakespeare that they invest everything in making that literal, in making that work. In a recent production of Midsummer Night's Dream in India, uh, the director decided that we are a country where people believe, we live very close to magic uh, in, a, in a very literal sense, in the sense that there are shamams or witch doctors in our daily lives. There's a sort of idea that the supernatural and, and the real world are sort of interlinked, so that he didn't need any props. And the magic portion, in that sense, actually appeared for what it was, a coercive device, because the play, this production stripped, was stripped of any exciting lighting or any stage effects or anything else. And so you could literally see it as a manipulative thing with actually no other extra uh, connotations. Terence Hawkes. In King Lear where, where um, Lear says right at the beginning of the play and he's going to unfold his darker purpose, the most serious point in the play, give me the map there. And the map is brought forward and Lear proceeds to divide it up and this is the politics of the play starts from that. Give me the map there. Now, on the Elizabethan stage, a huge map would surely be unfurled. It would be a map of Britain with London, where we are in the theatre, clearly marked. And as Lear divides the map up amongst his daughters, one thing obviously suggests itself to me, that he would stride to this map and tear off a bit and give it to the relevant daughter. There's thy portion, as he tears off Scotland. There's thy portion, as he tears off 
Wales. This to an audience that has recently been listening to stories of the gunpowder plot whose aim was to dissolve, to blow up the unity of Britain. Now, a modern production of the play works like this. The famous Gielgud production in London in uh, 1940-41. When he came to the line, give me the map there, what he did was simply hold his hand out behind him without looking and a servant put the map into it. Now, Gielgud said he did it that way because he wanted to demonstrate Lear's inner conviction that such was the nature of his royal majesty that he would be obeyed without question. He'd look a complete fool, of course, if nobody did anything. Give me the map there. He stretches his hand out without looking. The servant puts it in and he opens it. Now, can you see what I'm getting at? The, the point is that in the, in, in the Globe Theatre, give me the map there is the prelude to a political discussion about what happens when you break up the unity of the United Kingdom. In the modern production of it, it becomes an example of what it's like to be inside King Lear. Penny Gay. Now, sister, what's the comfort? Why, as all comforts are, most... The big question, I suppose, and the most interesting one, is what happens to Isabella at the end of the play. And this is one of the many fascinating silences of women in Shakespeare. Um, the Duke says to her, I have a plan for you. You're going to marry me. And she doesn't say a thing. Now, in recent productions, uh, we've run the whole gamut from a passionate kiss of acceptance to a slap on the face. Uh, we've had Isabella standing on the stage looking desolate that it should have come to this. We've had her walking out, um, refusing to countenance such, a, such an invasion of her integrity that she has proved that she had during the play. So I think often Shakespeare's silences, the things that he, allow, he, he allows a woman to stand there on the stage, which means that he empowers the actress in, in modern days or in the actor, the young actor in the old days, he empowers them to decide for themselves what this character is doing in response to the demands of an essentially... Uh, very um, powerfully male, masculine society. And uh, sometimes that's uh, as useful a thing for an actress to be able to do as for her to have you know, a, a yet another eloquent speech. She's, Isabella has, has shown earlier in the play that she can speak. Shakespeare chooses not to let her speak at the end there, but he, uh, neither, does he, neither does he say, Isabella kneels and says, yes, oh, thank you, Duke, marry me. That's what I always really wanted. It's a cliché that every generation makes its own Shakespeare. So, for example, Hamlet uh, has been, in succession, um, a sort of romantic poet for Coleridge. I have a smack of Hamlet myself, if I may say so, he modestly says. Uh, and, and for the end of the 19th century, uh, a brooding, disturbed, melancholy figure who can't quite deal with the world around him. And I would say now, perhaps, um, a political figure confronting a corrupt world and wondering whether violence is the right way of dealing it, with it or some other. So I think that rereadability is, is one of the reasons why Shakespeare stays on the syllabus and has this kind of centrality. There are lots and lots, both in Britain and America, of little theatre companies who are putting on Shakespeare plays all the time and putting them on, putting them on in, in vital and, and, and uh, uh, novel and 
very exciting ways. Uh, and so uh, it would be foolish to pretend that it is uh, a major cultural force in some uh, aspects of, of society. Uh, and yet in others, it's, it's obviously still vital. You get 10 people who get together and want to put on a production of Titus Andronicus in a garage. Catherine Belsey. I must say I'm a, an absolute devotee of modern dress performances, um, by which I don't mean specifically streetwear, but what I don't like is ye olde medieval-y uh, costumes, uh, some pretense that the plays happened a long time ago in another place, or the story happened a long time ago. I like, I mean, the plays were written as uh, contemporary for Shakespeare's audience. They were dressed in contemporary costume. The issues, the story that they tell, uh, the very fact that the plays have survived for this long suggests that the stories have a universal fascination. And uh, that's why I like to see them contemporary. The Open University. For more information, go to www.open.ac.uk slash arts.